All right, well, welcome back to the second week of the Marino Lee podcast, and I am Marino Lee. So today, I'm going to start my series on the parable, the Jesus adventure. Now, now, what am I talking about with this, and what is this series going to entail? So here's what this series is going to entail. It's going to entail three different stories from Luke that are parables, the secrets of the kingdom, the Good Samaritan, and the Prodigal Son. And you may be wondering why, why I chose to do this. I, I think parables are very interesting. I think parables are a way that we can understand God better and better. So it's by no secret that I'm going to be telling you about the secrets in the parables. So the first parable that we're going to do this week is called... The Secrets of the Kingdom. Now we're going to examine Luke 8, 9 and go through Luke 8, 16 through 18. And we're going to see what exactly the secrets of the kingdom are. So, have you ever been in a position where you have to keep a secret? Have you ever been in a position where... You need to tell someone a secret. See, I think we all have. I think at some point in our life, we've had to keep a secret or we've told a secret. I remember specifically that uh, in my relationship with Kylie, my girlfriend, I've had secrets that she told me not to tell, and I've told her secrets that I tell other people I wouldn't tell. Now, I know this may sound bad because I'm a youth leader and a youth intern, and I'm telling, but it's not like that. See, see, we all make mistakes. We, we all tell these secrets. We all reveal something that we're not supposed to reveal. But the question is, who are we revealing it to? Who, who are we telling these secrets to? See, in in Luke, we're going to see that Jesus tells his disciples secrets of the kingdom. The secrets of what are to come. But but why? Why why did Jesus do this? What, What is the purpose of Jesus doing this? Maybe... Maybe the purpose is to inform them. Maybe the purpose is... To answer their questions. See, today we're going to talk about answering the questions. And does Jesus answer my questions? What what were special about these 12 guys that they got to know this stuff? What were special about these 12 guys that they got to understand Jesus? What's special about you that you get to live after Jesus and... Get away to heaven and, and, and have, the, have the teaching of Jesus and apply that directly to your life. What's special about you? And we, and we get the same answer every time. Nothing's special about me. Nothing is special about me. But, but something has to be. Something has to be special in order for you to be on this earth right now. Or does it? 
So we're going to go through this Jesus adventure very, very methodically. So let's pray and then let's get into the word. God, I, I thank you for this day. I thank you for giving me this platform. I thank you for allowing me to speak and teach and preach. And God, I just pray that they don't hear my words. The people that listen to these podcasts don't hear my words. They don't hear what I have to say, but they hear you. They hear the truth that I'm giving them, that you've given to me, God. And, and I pray that in your name and in your son's name. Amen. All right, so, so let's jump into Luke. It's Luke 8, 9, and, and you can turn there, and this is what it says. To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now it's amazing, when, when you read the scripture, Jesus says parables. But for others, they're in parables. See, to us, we just call them the parables. To you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they're in parables. So, for them, it wasn't a parable. But for them, they strictly got it all. No, no, they didn't. They didn't understand it all. They didn't know it all. Seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. The last part of Luke 8, 9. They didn't understand what Jesus was saying. They, they didn't see what, what Jesus was doing. I mean, we can look at the Pharisees. We can look at the Sadducees. They didn't understand what he said, and they didn't see what he did. Even though they saw what he did and they heard what he said. So it brings me to this. It has been given to us the secrets of the kingdom. We know the secrets. We under for the most part as Christians, we, we understand this. And if you're not a Christian, but when you accept Jesus, you're going to understand more. It has been given to us the secrets of the kingdom. What does this mean? Okay, here. It's a gift. The secrets of the kingdom is a gift to us. A powerful gift. We know what God has in store. The the scriptures tell us what God has in store. An extraordinary gift. We know of the greatness he has in store for us. And an unusual gift, like giving away a game plan. So a powerful gift that we could think back to our birthdays or to Christmas and, and sometime when we got a powerful gift. We can think of it as an extraordinary gift, a, a gift that, that we couldn't even imagine it does half the things it does. And an unusual gift. If you play sports and you play on a basketball team or a, or a football team or a baseball team or a hockey team or whatever, whatever kind of team you play on or played on, an unusual gift would be the other team coming to you and saying, here, here, here's this what we're going to do, and now you try to stop us. You wouldn't do that. You, you, you wouldn't do that. And, and so this brings me to my first point. 
His plan is bigger. And his plan is bigger, better, bigger and better than anyone's. His plan's bigger and better than anyone's. God doesn't sit there and be like, well, you know, the, the Satan character, he, he has a pretty big plan of, of destroying what I created. So I'm going to save the people by a little less extravagant, a, a little less powerful, and a little less unusual than Satan would. He, he doesn't do that. That, that. That's a plan for failure. But see, his plan is bigger, and his plan is better than anyone's. You may ask, well, well, what's God's plan for me, Marino? Like, like I know, I know God's plan for for the world is to to bring it 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 Jesus, and I know I know the plan for for us is to believe in this Jesus character. But but really, what does that mean? Are you are you telling me that? That God's plan involves me? Are you telling me that God's plan is directed for me? Even though there's billions of people on this earth and, and billions before me, you're telling me that God's plan is for me. And I'm saying yes. Yes, it is for you. It has to be for you. If you believe in the Bible, if you believe in what Jesus taught, if you believe in the God that, that, that you worship, that, then his plan has to be for you. There is no guessing with his plan. There is no second guessing with his plan. It's either his plan or it's not his plan. So what is it? Is it God's plan or is it not God's plan? I say it is God's plan. It has to be God's plan for for him to do this. Let me give you a story. At a former church, the day I started my job as an associate pastor, I was given a set of keys to the church by one of the trustees, Bill. Bill told me, Peter, these are not all the keys to the church. We are only giving you four keys. One key to the church building, one key to your office, one key to the church office, and one key to the Sunday school classrooms. If you need to get into the other rooms, you will find the rest of the keys in the top drawer in the church office. Well, for some time, those four keys were all I needed. But one day I needed to get into several other rooms, so I went into the church office. I looked in the top drawer, and there sat this enormous ring of keys to the church. Exactly as Bill had said. I said out loud, this is crazy. Anyone could find these keys and then get into my any room in this church. Our church secretary laughed and kept on working. First, I went to the pantry, and after rifling through the keys for quite some time, I finally found the key labeled pantry on the key ring. There must have been 75 keys on this ring, so it took a while to find the right key. I inserted the key into the lock on the door. It didn't work. I attempted to open the door for several minutes. Nothing. So I moved on to the shed behind the church. After several minutes, I found the key marked shed. I started in, I inserted the key. Nothing. After several minutes of working the lock, I had no success. I tried the choir room, the youth room, and one of the storage room, but not a single key worked. Frustrated, I went back into the church office and told our church secretary that none of the keys worked. She just laughed and said, Talk to Luis. 
Luis was our sexton and was in charge of all the cleaning and maintenance in the church. I found Luis and told him my frustration with the keys. Luis said, Peter, all the keys work just fine. You just have to memorize what key fits what lock. You see, all the keys were mislabeled. The key labeled pantry would never work on the pantry. The key labeled pantry would never work. The key labeled pantry was for the dumpster. The dumpster key was for the soundboard. The soundboard key was for the electrical room. Number three. The key to the pastor's office was to the water, heater, closer, closet, and building number four, and so on. There was about 15 working keys all mislabeled, and the rest of the keys didn't go to anything. They were just useless decoys. Luis taught me the system of how the keys were organized. Once I got the label key secret code down, it was easy. Luis had created this intricate key system so that only those who knew the key system would find the keys useful. All others would be locked out. The fact is, I only needed the keys to the church. I, the fact is, I not only needed the keys to the church, I also needed to know the person who created the keys to make the keys useful. For the person who made the keys could teach me how to use the keys. Having a key in your hand is useless. An, Unless you know how to use a key. So, Jesus gives us a key. Jesus gives us, us how, to, how to use the key. Jesus elaborates. Jesus shows us what, what ministry is. Jesus shows us what believing in him looks like. But it brings me back to the line in Luke 8 9. Seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Seeing and understanding are not with your eyes and with your ears. See, because the Pharisees and Sadducees saw what Jesus did, they heard what he said. They didn't understand, and they didn't see. They, they, they didn't see what he was doing. That They thought it was a miracle. They, they thought it was blasphemy. Well, well I hate to tell you, the Pharisees who, who said that, that Jesus was blaspheming, the Pharisees were the blasphemers. See, they called Jesus not God, but he was God. So they blasphemed against God, who they said wasn't Jesus. In fact, he was Jesus. In fact, he was the Messiah. In fact, he was the Savior. In fact, he was God. So it's kind of interesting to think, well, the blasphemer, in quotation marks, was God, and the accuser of the blasphemer was the blasphemer. Not now that. That is a plot that even fictional writers can't write. You want to talk about a plot twist? That, that's a bigger plot twist as anything. Seeing and understanding are faith driven. They're not driven by your eyesight. They're not driven by how well you hear your hearing aids. It's not glasses and hearing aids that, that you can see Jesus 
and understand Jesus, but it's by your faith. It's by your heart. It's by what you believe and how you believe it. See, I have, I have this little illustration for this. I'm a diehard Patriots fan. And I live in Arizona. And I remember in 2007 when the Patriots played in Arizona for the Super Bowl. And then they faced the Giants. And I remember thinking, we have won this game. We played horribly, but we have won this game. And then this play comes, and, and I, I wish this was a video podcast so, so I could show you the, the play I'm talking about for all you haters of football out there. I wish I could show you this, but, but Manning, the quarterback, drops back in the pocket. He's getting ready to throw it. Then the line collapses, and, and about two people are literally holding onto his jersey, and he escapes. And he throws this, this ball down the field, and it's going through the air. And, and to a Patriots fan, it looks like it's in the air forever. And I, I remember watching this, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, if someone catches this. And I remember this guy jumped up, and his name was David Tyree. Probably the only time you've ever heard that name. Probably the last time you'll hear that name, because I won't say it again. So he jumps up and, and he has his hands up ready to catch the ball and, and he kind of misses it but he, but he kind of grabs it and I'm like there's no way he holds on to it and he puts it on his helmet with one hand and it stays there and he holds it as he goes down the ball doesn't come loose and, and our defense is all over the guy and he holds on to the pass. I saw it. But I didn't believe it. You understand? This This is what the Pharisees did. They saw it, but they didn't believe it. Okay, so so we understand the scene part. Now, now how do they hear and not, not understand? Like, like, come on, Reno. Are you telling me these Pharisees were that stubborn that they heard Jesus and they heard what he had done and they saw him do it and they still didn't understand? Yes, that, that, that's what I'm telling you. That, that That's what I'm telling you. That That's how insane this whole thing is. I remember in high school, I was, I was in French, and, and the first day, the teacher spoke all in French, and I was like, oh my gosh, I am going to fail, and then my mom was going to kill me. So I was in French class and couldn't understand everything, but I, but I heard it, but I just didn't understand it. You see, I heard the words she was saying, but I didn't understand the words that she was saying. See, that's the best illustration I could come up with because these Pharisees heard what Jesus said. They, for, they understood the words he was saying, but they didn't understand the implication of his words. We hear Jesus because we have faith. Not with our minds, but with our hearts. Human nature tells us it is illogical to do what Jesus did. But Jesus did it.
Let's skip down to Luke 8, 16 through 18. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar, puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will be known in light to come, and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Okay, so, so this is a different kind of parable to, to close out this, this sermon. And, and no one takes a lamp and immediately puts it out. Unless you're a little kid playing with fire. And if that's the case, you probably shouldn't play with fire. No one likes a lamp and doesn't use it. They use it for a purpose. The lamp has a purpose. The, the lamp, a light to light a house, you would not cover that with a blanket and say, you know, I'm going to turn on the light, but I'm going to cover it with a blanket. You, you wouldn't do that. You, you use it for a purpose. A lamp lights a room. A light lights a room. If you have a light in your house, it, it lights the room. I'm sitting in a lit room right now. Everything in this room is visible. If you have a light in your house, everything in that room is visible. So, so what's the point Jesus is getting at? Our light brings light to other people. See, Jesus commands to be light, to not hide those lights, but to use them and to light up a room, a city, a country, or the world. We are to use the light we gain to change the world. We're supposed to take our light and we're supposed to shine it on other people. We're supposed to let the light shine through us because, because it's, not, it's not us, but, we're, but we're, supposed to, we're supposed to gain this light. We're supposed to control this light. We're supposed to use this light, not for our own benefit, but, but to light other people's light. Because once we light other people's light, then they can start lighting lights. And you see, this is a, this is a process. Like, uh, I, I I can I can be a light, but then if I light my friend's light and he lights his friend's light and he lights his friend's light, man, man, we're we're all lit. We're all lit. So I ask, are you lighting other people's light? Are, are you doing this to 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 tell other people that I'm lighting your light? I, I'm doing this for you. Come on, I I'm lighting your light. Or are you doing this to bring glory to yourself? See, you're not going to get any glory from blighting other people's light. I hate to tell you that, but but unless you're worshiping yourself, you aren't getting the glory from that. Yeah, some people may say, yeah, Marino, Marino came and he taught me and he made me understand the gospel, but, but I didn't make you understand me. I, I made you understand Jesus. And even I didn't make you understand Jesus. The Holy Spirit worked through you so you can understand Jesus. So really, all I'm doing is telling you about the dude who saved the world, and, and you're doing whatever the Holy Spirit commands you. It's not about me. It's not about your pastor. It's not about your mentor. It's about what Jesus is doing. We have to get out of this mindset that I'm going to go change the world. I'm going to go start a revolution. No, no, you might be the head of the revolution, but I hate to tell you that, that God's in charge of the revolution. I'm very passionate about youth. I, I, I want to start literally 
a change in youth culture. I'm not, I'm not joking. I, I want to start a change in youth culture. But the moment I start saying that this culture will, will remember my name, not, hey, I'd love for them to say Marina Lee started this, but, but in fact, God started it. Maybe he chose me to, to be the head of it on, on the earth as his, as his light to shine on other people. But I hate to tell you, God started it. God did it. God gave me this platform. God, God gave me this opportunity as an intern. God gave me this. I'm not here to tell you that, that you know, it, it, it's, all, it's all good. It, it, it's all good that you're, you, that you're going out there and, and proclaiming the gospel, but, but you're not doing it for God. You're doing it for yourself. See, and, and this is where... This is where the series comes from. It, it, it doesn't come from a book. It doesn't come from curriculum. It comes from my heart. And at times during this series, I'm, I'm not preaching to you. I'm one of you. I want the world to remember my name. I want to leave a lasting legacy on this place. I want people to say, Marino Lee was a great preacher, and I love listening to him. But see, they can say that all they want, but it doesn't matter. Like, who cares if... if they love me because of my preaching, or love me because of... My relationships or love me because I'm caring it doesn't matter we're doing this for the kingdom we're doing this for Jesus we're doing it for him it's not about you it's not about what you want or what you say Jesus is the reason so when he tells us to light our lights and bring it to other people, it's not about you. It's about him. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for the, the opportunity to bring light to other people, the opportunity to proclaim what you are doing, God, and Thank you for, for this, God, and I hope we can glorify your name. In your name I pray, amen.